ABM is also a strategy, not a tool. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, so this is our hashtag one team episode. Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss what they're learning at the moment and how it applies to you. Here we go. Welcome to the Flip My Funnel Podcast, one team. I think this is really, really fun because a lot of people think about marketing and sales as not being on the same planet, pretty much. <laughs> and we at, Ter- at Terminus, I think we're blessed because I think marketing sales, our sales team is truly one team. Yep. So I got Riley and Connor today. Uh, we're talking about the transformation from being an SDR to really thinking about and changing the entire sales process to fit account-based marketing. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to call it account-based marketing because I think it's just account-based, mm-hmm. right? Getting sales and marketing together. And Riley, you've been here for two years yep. and looking at the transformation. This is not how we were, yeah. right? We were quite honestly, and we have told companies and out there that, hey, we were not 100% account-based. We are today 100% account-based, but that's not how we operated before. And a lot of the people listening to the podcast are probably not 100% account-based today. So what I would love to start with you guys is, one, with a fun fact about you guys, so we'll, we'll get started there, but then really get dive deeper on the fact, on the transition, on where were we, and if somebody listening today, they want to have their sales organization to be account-based, what are the things they should be doing in order to get there, yep. and, and pitfalls that they need to be aware of. So, Riley, let's start with a fun fact with you, and then, Connor, you can share your fun fact. Well, first off, thanks for having me, Sangram. Really excited to be on the podcast today. Boom, you guys are wearing amazing, like, do you want to share what you're wearing? Yeah, yeah we got the, uh, I got the Atlanta United jersey on, supporting the team for Ooh. Sunday's match. Just repping the uh, the Auburn alumni for yeah. a while, you know. Yeah. You called last night each other, made sure you guys yeah. have it. We got rivals right now, Alabama and Auburn. Yeah. That's why I'm not wearing anything. <laughs> well, yeah, my fun fact, I guess, would be I actually lived in Belgium when I was uh, four, so nice. didn't learn French, but... Uh, but yeah, I lived there for a year. It was pretty pretty cool experience and fun to watch the home videos and remember it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you there? Just a year while my dad got a really cool opportunity to live out there. So we would do day trips all over Europe. And like I said, the home videos, I can, I can <laughs> reminisce a little bit, but I don't remember much. That's awesome. Uh, I would have to say the fun fact about me, I was my birthday is on St. Patrick's Day. I guess that makes Dude, me that is a big how did you miss on that on the last one? I, I don't know. I didn't even <laughs> think about that, it. Is, that is awesome. So is I, I guess I'm kinda lucky that way. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Everybody's celebrating then. All right, so let's just talk about what was the process two years ago. Yeah. What was our sales process? So when I came in to Terminus Obviously, account-based marketing wasn't as big of a movement as, yeah. as Sangram has created it to be now today. But I was the 10th SDR on the team, and we were really just batch and blasting a lot yeah. of people. You know, anybody that really fit our ICP, our ideal customer profile, we would send them emails. They weren't always sincerely personalized, and, you know, we were making a lot more phone calls during that time. But, you know, we realized last summer that that approach wasn't going to work. We were going to burn our entire total addressable market. So we took a step back and really focused on what accounts are going to be best fit mm-hmm. and then work those and work a, a smaller subset of accounts to really personalize our, our outreach. 
Yeah, how so, many accounts did you have at that time? Was, there, was the concept of accounts so, there for us? So, there were some people on our team that had like 2,500 accounts. I think I was more around 700 accounts. We also had a longer time span to actually keep touch on our accounts. Yeah. So we only had to reach out to an account every two months to keep active touch on that wow. account. And nowadays, it's uh, every 30 days. So it's making sure that you're staying top of mind on, on the accounts that you're reaching out to. And Today, I don't know if I mentioned, so we were reaching out to about 700, I would say, back in the old model. Nowadays, I'm, I'm reaching out to only about 225. So it's a lot easier to really know exactly what each one of my prospects are doing. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting for me to come in as an intern and see the, uh, how SDRs were operating. And then as I you know, became full-time, we were you know, fully a part of the uh, ABM, I guess, the account-based movement, right? Yeah. So yeah, it kind of transferred into that, and I never had... 700 accounts I was dealing with at one time. Are you sad about that? Um, or you I like, don't know. Like, <laughs> I guess I, I have a steady approach now because with the 225 accounts, uh, really allows us to get down to pinpointing the decision maker I mean the pain point that they're having and, you know, really being true practitioners of ABM over here I mean, living and breathing, you know, yeah. what we're doing. Was How was the transition? I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It was definitely uh, interesting to say the least. I think some of the people on our team were were harder to kind of convince that this was going to be an okay approach. Some people tried to keep their old way of doing things. And I think we realized that, you know, that just wasn't going to work. And especially with changing the comp plans to paying out our SDRs on actual deals that are being closed, you know, everybody kind of had to adjust to how, you know, you were going to get paid. So really focusing on those accounts. I mean, it was, it was a tough transition for a, cu- a couple months because marketing was, was giving us our accounts. And then we ended up moving to a, a model where the SDRs had some input into what mm. accounts we wanted to have in our names. So that kind of helped because I think, you know, total AI is not necessarily the way to go. I think, you know, you still need some human interaction into, you know, what accounts are best fit and putting yourself into that prospect's shoes of how they're going to utilize your product. How the AE is going to perceive, you know, taking that demo from you. You got to protect your brand and make sure that you're sending over quality opportunities or, you know, you're you're not going to survive in an account-based marketing SDR role. I was just going to say, I think with that whole thing and, you know, marketing was giving us accounts and then they ended up, you know, that was a a lot for them to do every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be giving us accounts. So every Friday or Monday, you'll get a list of accounts from them, right? Yeah. Well, every Thursday we had to, you know, unqualify accounts or Mm. put accounts that weren't good fits on there. And then they would replenish those for us for the next week, which, you know, Mad Dog took a lot of time doing. (laughs) But, you know, now we, our database in in Salesforce, you know, tiered. Mm. So, you know, it's it's easier for them and they're able to use the, you know, the data and insights provided uh, by some of our partners. And then, you know, we're able to go in there and grab an account based off of touch rules and, you know, opportunity rules. But, you know, we're not kind of worried about stepping on marketing's toes um, or like worried about messing up an account that way. So. You know, marketing is rock stars and keeps, yeah. you know, keeps our database up to date for us to then go in and just look at. So right. I think it's an easier approach. So what would you say to someone? Because I think I'm so glad and thank you for sharing the, the transition and being transparent that it was hard. And I think majority of the companies today, yes, you know, ABM is hot and the trend is pretty cool. I was just looking at uh, Google Trends. If somebody wants to go and Google Google Trends on on ABM, account-based marketing, you would see that since 2013, it's just been skyrocketing. So, yeah. If anybody's still thinking this is a fad, it's not. It is actually a truth. And 
At the same time, we'll always say ABM is also a strategy, yeah, not a tool. Yes, we, we are a product company and we are selling account-based uh, software. We feel it's amazing. It's easy to use, all that stuff. But if people say, well, if all they're doing is one activity, then that's not ABM. Yeah. Like ABM truly means that your sales and marketing, everything is aligned. And some of the examples you shared. What would you say to someone, a marketer or a salesperson listening to this today, who are trying to be an account-based marketing company, recognize that the funnels are flipped and that things are changed and they need to adapt to it, but change is hard, mm-hmm. as we all know. What advice would you guys give them in terms of piloting and starting in a way so that they can set themselves up for success and maybe not make some of the mistakes or challenges we make? Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I think, you know, having the your best SDR, the person who's sending over the most quality that, you know, has the opportunities that are closing, maybe take that person and kind of understand their thought process on why they're prospecting specific accounts and why they're thinking that that would be a good fit for your your product and really model that around that person and then really adjust the metrics so that they are comfortable in reaching out to a smaller subset of accounts. Yeah. Um, because obviously, you know, when you're reaching out to a smaller subset, you're going to have to convert a little bit higher of a percentage, mm. but you want to make sure that the, the goals are attainable. But, you know, you just really want to make sure that you're setting up the business for the best success. So really thinking about those metrics before you, yeah. uh, you unleash the program would definitely be beneficial. Yeah, I would say, you know, I'm not obviously a marketer. Well, I am a marketer at heart, I guess. But yeah. Everybody's in marketing and sales. Let me tell you real quick. When I started the company, I always thought marketing and sales is different and I want to bring that together. Guess what? If you look at a financial statement of any company, sales and marketing efficiency is a thing. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if marketing is doing good or or bad. Like if that number, the efficiency number is not good, you know, marketing doesn't get the budget, the sales. So it's like if anybody's listening to it and thinking sales and marketing are two different things, they're not. We all are so tied to the hip beyond like compensation, everything wise that, you know, if sales is not doing good, I'm as a marketer, my budget is going to get cut. If sales is doing good, I'm going to get more budget. It's just a way of yeah. how B2B works. So I'm glad you said that because I feel like you guys are operating like a sales and marketing one team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as a marketer, like, you know, keeping after it, ABM is not easy. And yeah. it's one of those things that does take time. I mean, keeping after it. And I know, you know, as part of our alignment, we're very, uh, good at talking to our customer success team and, you know, seeing what a good customer makeup looks like and why and why that customer is seeing success with Terminus and then being able to then replicate that on the marketing and sales side mm. um, and, and, and structuring our target accounts that way versus sending over a customer and, and setting them up and doing a you know, great sales cycle just for them to then come in and not see success. Yeah. So, you know, we want everyone to come in and see success. So it may be better to turn someone down you know, for two months and get them on board in two more months when they have yeah. bandwidth to take care of a account-based right. market. That's right. So, um, Riley, you talked about, like, your process around best fit, and then you talked about, like, you, you had some interesting thoughts around cold calling. Can you yeah. share that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when it comes to cold calling, and really, I think everybody kind of knows that, you know, the conversion rates have been going down. I have noticed <laughs> in the last, like, two years, you know, it, it takes me a few more calls to actual actually get somebody on the phone. So you want to make sure that when you get on the phone with the person, you're ready, you're prepared to personalize your intro. Maybe you see something about the the, the school they went to, um, you know, for college, yeah. maybe mention that, you know, find something on their LinkedIn or their social 
presence and, and figure out you know how you can relate that to them, but then get to the point and really explain how you're going to provide value to them because yeah. you definitely don't want to get on the phone, just be a chatty Cathy with people. <laughs> um, but you know, you definitely have to have a tailored approach and understand that there are, you know, hundreds of other people trying to sell their product to this exact same, you know, especially marketers. Oh man, 7,000 uh, of them. <laughs> I know yeah. Sangram probably gets calls from people just yeah. like me every day. You just got to be friendly. I think, yeah. you know, utilizing your voice Utilizing your inflection and, and use that as a tool is something that you really need to, to keep into mind and, yeah. and be a friendly person on the phone. Yeah. Would you say cold calling is dead? I wouldn't say cold calling is dead, but I would say definitely that sales outreach needs to be on the medium that they prefer to be reached on. So it may be warm calling if, if you yeah. know that this person, you know, likes to be contacted by phone or, you know, what I like to do is go into activity history and see if they've been caught on the phone before or if they've been, you know, responded to an email and, and how that interaction went. Yeah. Whether they said unsubscribe or, you know, over the phone, we're just like, you know, dozed the person. Maybe they were having a bad day, but that'll kind of give you a good feeling for what medium to reach them on. So, yep. you know, you got to remember that these people are, are people. Marketers are people. Everyone's a person. Yeah. They have brothers, sisters, moms and dads. Right. So just yes. kind of got to get it down to the personal level and, you know, realize that you're not trying to make a best friend relationship with them, but just trying to help them out. You, you know, Connor, when you were talking about this and doing this podcast, you had thoughts around talking about the pain points and how to make life easier. Can you share how you go about doing that? Yeah, I think it's really, uh, I think it will play into it is not really going for the sell every time you're on the phone with someone, but really kind of asking questions to dig deeper into, uh, you know, their pain points. And then on the front end prospecting and being able to figure out why this would be a good customer for us. Yeah. And then being able to tie that all in together. And, and maybe, you know, I, I catch people on the phone all the time. Hey, it's a bad time. Call me back next week. And, yeah. you know, I'll be like, all right, you know, sounds good. I, I appreciate you taking my call today, though. And, you know, connecting with them next week and kind of reverting back to the conversation you had before. Yep. And then just bringing it all together and, and really just at a personal level. Yep. So that's yeah. what I, I mean, you don't have to close people, especially on the first cold call. Like yeah. You've got to feel it out. Like, you know, if it's... if Not if a one night stand. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, if, you know, if they're busy, they might be genuinely busy. They yeah. probably are genuinely <laughs> busy. So, you know, it's kind of like uh, putting that, that ball a little closer to the hole. Yeah. That way, next time you get them on the phone, you can you know, uh, re-engage and really explain, you know, what you spoke about last time and then hopefully score that demo or, or whatever you may be going for. It's awesome, yeah. guys. All right. So I want to wrap up on, on a few topics and a few thoughts that you guys talked about. First of all, thank you for transparently sharing that the transition from being a lead-based organization to an ABM organization or account-based organization is hard. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to just hear that, empathize mm -hmm. with that. And, and I'm probably hearing people kind of take a deep breath as they're listening to it because yeah. everybody's hammering like, do ABM, this is the best, but, but yeah, but, but it's hard and it can take time mm -hmm. and it's okay. So I think you guys are just giving people permission to kind of breathe a little bit. Yep. So thanks for doing that. The second part, you were very transparent. Like initially we as a company, account-based company, we had our sales team had 2,500 accounts and we were not doing the right thing. We were not doing the best thing, but we were just going about the best way we knew at that time. And then we realized that, no, this is not driving. So it was a good reminder for us that what we preach, we have to do. And when we did it, we saw incredible results, yep. which is what allows us to talk about it even more honestly around this thing. So I think it's definitely a great feeling. The other part, I think, Connor, you kind of, I think the big idea, if I have to kind of bring everything back together, is the fact that we have to engage people on their terms. And, and you kind of shared that in multiple different examples. And I think people forget that. So yes, cold calling is a dead. No, it's not dead. But if you can marry that 
with warming the account and the person first through advertising, direct mail, a call, an email, a video. Like mm-hmm. Morgan, we had, she had done 3,000 videos because she's good at that, yep. right? So whatever is your thing, you need to do that. But you can't do that at scale for 2,500 accounts. Yep, right. You no, have to bring not. it down to a smaller set of accounts that you can truly focus on where you can look at the relationship and you can go deeper on all of those things. So guys, I love this. Anything that you want to, if anybody listening right now, they're looking for advice, they want to get started with ABM as a sales organization, especially in your role as an SDR, what advice would you give them? Well, I will say this. I got to give a shout out to one of our partners, Sendoso. Yeah. Um, we actually sent cupcakes to one of my prospects the other week. Future and customers. Future customers. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> we sent it to a future customer yeah. and it actually got me a meeting with them. So yeah, you know, it's, a, it's amazing when you can really take that tailored approach and, and talk to somebody who actually, you know, enjoyed the, the direct mail you sent them. Yeah. You know, it, it helps really open up that conversation. Yeah. I'd have to say uh, for my man, Morgan J. Ingram, keep yeah. dialing. This cold <laughs> calling is not dead yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so right, much. Thank Big you. Time. Thank you love so it. much. Awesome. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.